Holistic. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. This is Holistish, the holistic health podcast where we talk about holistic health, wellness, and beauty with a healthy dose of skepticism. I'm Sierra. I am Jenna. And welcome back to another episode. Whether you're cleaning your bathroom or stuck in traffic <laughs> or taking a shit, we're here. That's exactly what I thought <laughs> you were going to say first. We're here to entertain you because I don't know about you, but I always have podcasts playing because I can't be alone with my own thoughts. 100%. And it makes me feel <laughs> like someone's there with me, like when I'm cooking dinner or something. That's when I listen to the most podcasts, I feel like. Yeah, I listen to them when I'm cooking dinner, when I'm cleaning shit, when I'm cleaning my house, when I am driving to school or work or across the country, which I keep doing for whatever reason. I keep doing that a lot lately. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh so whatever it may be, we're here to entertain you and to talk to you about this week's topic, which is... Uh-oh, controversy. The flu shot. Ooh, we're getting controversial. Do you get the flu shot? Hello, hello, testing, is this thing on? Does anyone get the flu shot? Do you <laughs> swear by the flu shot? Are you afraid of the flu shot? Do you not like needles? I know it's kind of scary true but let's talk about it (laughs) yeah so obviously this is a podcast dedicated to like health and wellness in general and although the flu shot is more I don't know scientific the flu shot is holistic it is kind of I'm gonna argue for it by the end of this okay okay But, I mean, it's kind of, like, in the health and wellness realm, obviously, and although it's more scientific than we want to go, I think it's important um, to talk about just because it's the beginning of flu season, and I feel like every year I hear the craziest misinformation about the flu and the flu shot, so we just kind of wanted to talk about both the flu and the flu shot and give our opinions and um, let you know what we think. And we also want to let you know if you should get a flu shot or not. Ooh. Yeah. So if you're on the fence, if you if your work offers it for free, but you're like, nah, I don't want to take my oh, yeah. lunch break to go do that. Or if the lady at CVS harasses you and chases you down the aisle <laughs> telling you you can get a flu shot. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my arm out, they wash it, and they stick it. I wanted it to rhyme, but it didn't. It didn't. Oh, that was great. Still loved it. Okay, so yes, please listen to this episode because I'm in the healthcare field and I really want you to get a flu shot, please. I'm in the witch field and I say it's a bunch of malarkey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, let's get into it. So... Before we talk about our opinions, we wanted to give you some background information, and this is very simplified because we could probably make like a seven-part, four-hour-long podcast saga about what the flu is and the flu shot, but we're not going to do that. But we're not that conceited. That is insane. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you um, some of the basics about the flu. So what is the flu? Do you know? It's a virus that is just named the influenza virus. It's an RNA virus, and this type of virus comes in four different flavors, I would like to say, four main varieties. (laughs) 
But um, three types of flu are known to affect humans, and these are classified as influenza types A, B, and C. Um, And just a side note um, for our listeners out there, so I feel like in the news a lot you hear things like H1N1 flu, like these classifications using H and N. So um, when people use this kind of classification, they're usually talking about type A flu because type A flu is further, uh, I guess classified by the types of glycoproteins they have on their membrane um and like these are just little i don't know identifiers we can say that kind of give the flu types their unique properties and h and n just stand for hemagglutinin and neuraminidase and again these are just little proteins that give the flu their unique structure so it's just a way for scientists and healthcare workers and people that are Um, studying this kind of thing to further classify the types of flu. Flu virus is spread through the air when someone coughs or sneezes. It can be spread over pretty short distances, which is not something that a lot of people know. Flu virus can also be spread if you touch surface and you have the flu virus and then other people come by and touch the surface and then get the flu virus in their mouth or eyes. People can be infectious to others before (laughs) and during symptoms of the flu, which is something important because you might be kind of harboring the virus and you haven't had symptoms yet, but you could still be infectious. So that's something important to know. And just to wrap up, you people know what flu symptoms are. So they can include runny nose, sore throat, headache, coughing, also fatigue. And then the two, I guess, kind of classic flu symptoms are the fever and the body aches. Those are What people describe, I feel like, the most when they talk about flu-like symptoms. And again, these symptoms can begin before um, you really know that you have the flu virus. So it's important if you think you have the flu to go to the doctor right away. And then one last thing, in children, the flu might present with these symptoms or they could have like diarrhea and vomiting. Um, Just something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Lovely. The flu is just not great. Great. It's Sounds disgusting. great. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> the flu shot, which is what this ear bursard is about. So mm-hmm. the flu shot, uh, this is coming from this Fortune article that we found online that we'll post. So scientists had a working flu vaccine by the 1940s uh, after the influenza virus was discovered in the early 1930s. Great. So we have the Great Depression and then, I, <laughs> and then the flu also. But I'm so America-centric. Shame on me. Anyway, so soldiers fighting in World War II were the first patients to receive the flu vaccine. Oh, when it was approved for military use in 1945 and civilian use was first approved the following year. That's cool. So this guy, Thomas Francis Jr., medical doctor, and Dr. Jonas Salk, who are more famously known for developing the polio vaccine. You might know that if you're a Jeopardy watcher. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, They were both integral to developing the flu vaccine. So they gave us polio. They gave us the flu vaccine. We love this. Is it a conspiracy? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Ancient aliens. (laughs) The earliest flu shots protected against the single strain of the disease, influenza A, which Sierra just talked about. Uh, in 1942, after the discovery of influenza V, B, B is in boy, a bivalent vaccine which protected against influenza A and influenza B was produced. So, like, they made another one that's like, let's cover the bases of A and B. Okay. 
So the scientists learn more about viruses and the way that it muta mutates. The World Health Organization developed a more rigorous process for uh, targeting the strains that affect the most people, which was instituted in 1973. Now we want to just talk about how the flu shot is made. And again, this is an oversimplification just because we could be here all day talking about this. So essentially the flu vaccine is just a concoction of um, inactivated flu virus or particles that uh, kind of make the body recognize the flu virus when your immune system sees it a second time. So no, it's not like active full-fledged flu. It's just little particles so that your body can recognize the real flu if you were to get affected. That's kind of the thought behind that. Again, oversimplification. There's a lot of controversy about a preservative in the flu vaccine. So the flu vaccine has a preservative called uh, thimerosal, and this breaks down into um, ethyl mercury inside the body. But I just want to point out that it's not like the form of like mercury that causes toxicity. It's just a preservative and it's not really related to that some people kind of cite that as a reason to not get some vaccines but i just wanted to let you know that the toxic scary compound is called uh, methyl mercury and it is not the one that comes from the flu shot the more you know if anyone's ever gotten a flu shot you might have to sign this form that asks if you're allergic to eggs and i kind of wanted to touch on that because have you seen no, it? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. So the most common type of vaccine that a lot of people get is actually made with embryonated chicken eggs. So, yeah, isn't that cool? That's so, so cool. Yeah. So the most common way that the flu vaccines are made, um, it's in an egg-based kind of manufacturing process. This has been used for a really long time. This article I pulled up said that it's been used for over 70 years wow. so um the egg based vaccine is used to make both the inactivated vaccine the flu shot um and also it was used to make the nasal spray i'm not really sure if the flu nasal spray is a thing anymore i think it was found to be ineffective but that's neither here nor there i just want to let you know both were made with eggs is isn't so, there a flu test that they stick something up your nose yeah that's they uh like that's different than the vaccine yeah, yeah okay, okay. <laughs> yeah i should probably touch on that too so i don't know how many years ago but i think they were trying out a flu vaccine where it was like a spray kind of up your nose and it was a live vaccine yeah but i don't I think it was that. found to be very effect effective at all i haven't seen it offered for a few years at least where i live but we can we can look that up later how does this egg-based vaccine come to life? So the egg-based production begins with the CDC or a lab, and they kind of manufacture it, uh, and they manufacture it um, based off of current FDA guidelines. So the vaccine viruses are injected into fertilized hen's eggs. So as I said early, earlier, embryonated chicken eggs, they're incubated for several days, and this allows the virus to replicate. Um, after that, the flu virus containing fluid is harvested from the eggs. And then for flu shots, the flu virus for the vaccines are then inactivated or killed. I said again, so that you're getting injected. It's the killed version. Um, and right. then the, the manufacturing process continues and they test the purification of this, I guess, vaccine conglomerate. And that's kind of like the 
overview of it. So yeah, if you get the question whether you're allergic to eggs, that's why. I just thought it was kind of like important to touch on. Yeah, because I had no idea. And also, who knew the value of eggs people were using them to develop our (laughs) vaccines and were putting the egg whites in our pumpkin cold brews from Starbucks. Oh my god, yes. Eggs are so versatile. Yay. Now if we could get get the flu shot in the egg whites, then I put the egg white cold brew foam into my coffee or tea. Then we can rule the population. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jetta, when is flu season, if people were curious? Flu season is from October to March. So... So that's a long-ass time, people. So, yeah, so and long. also, I'm in a university setting. I'm around nasty germs. You're in a hospital setting. RIP to you. You're <laughs> around tons of germs. Yeah, for real. Um, I have students yeah. coming into my office coughing everywhere. I literally spray them with Lysol because I'm mm-hmm. like, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not trying to be <laughs> sick. Um, I, I, knock on wood, don't get sick. So oh, that was God. really awful, but oh, you know, no. I don't really. So let's talk about the flu shot. Speaking of me not getting oh, sick. Okay. <laughs> yes. We want to talk about our experience with the flu and the flu shot and then kind of finish off this episode by debunking some of the myths around the flu shot. So I have to ask you, have you ever gotten the flu? Like tested positive? Okay. How was that? <laughs> In 10th grade, I had yes. H1N1 swine flu and that was around... When was I in 10th grade? 2009? Oh, wow. Yeah, that was when the swine flu was super yeah. like, Whoa! <laughs> like everyone was scared of it. And of course, little old Jenna got the swine flu. And guess what? I got the flu shot that year. Didn't, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't the swine mm-hmm. flu shot. So couldn't help me. So mm-hmm. that was the worst. Fl- and I had, ha- I had had the flu okay. as a child a couple of times when I was, like eight or nine, but it was never that bad. But this one was by far the worst flu I've ever had. And I haven't had, I didn't have the flu ever again after I had H1N1. (laughs) So I was out of school for two weeks. I was out of school for (laughs) 10, 10 uh, business days, 10 school days. And I remember because I was in creative writing class. And when I came back, the teacher, Mr. Kevin, decided... (laughs) To rename me Jessica because he's pretending like I was a new oh! student. So, do you, do you remember, do this remember this now? So, yeah. so I was named Jessica because I missed school for so long that he is a jerk face and decided to rename me as a new student. Um, but what happened during the swine flu was I learned a lot of things about myself. I learned that I could have a really, really high fever and so high that I would hallucinate, as in. I tried to answer oh a banana God. like a phone, just like a cartoon, because I had such a <laughs> fever. We still had house phones in 2009, and the house phone yeah. rang, and I was old enough at that time to be home alone, just dying, because my mom was at work, and she was like, you got to just heal, sleep. And so I, yeah. I answered the phone, and no one would reply, and it was still ringing, and I looked, and it was a banana, and I was very confused. And that was the feverish most part of my of my fever. Also, I learned during that time Holy that I am shit. highly allergic to Tamiflu, yeah. which is not great. Wait, yeah. what? So I'm allergic to Tamiflu. I started taking it when they tested me positive for the swine flu. 
I developed a full body rash. I looked like I was, I don't know what I looked like. It was crazy. I was rashy, rash, rashy. So that's why I had to be out of school for so long because they told me to stop taking the Tamiflu because I was allergic. And so it took me so Mm -hmm. much longer to heal from the flu and to not contaminate the other students. So that's my flu story. (laughs) Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like this is probably like somewhat anecdotal evidence, but we were talking about the flu in the hospital And one of the internal medicine attending doctors said that, like, during the whole swine flu pandemic, like, 2009 to 2010, she, I guess, anecdotally saw, like, the largest, I guess, deaths in the younger population. So I think that's why it was so significant. I don't really know the science or reasoning behind why Mm -hmm. so many young people were affected, but she said it was, like, kind of profound how many... um, people were affected in general and you know we always hear about flu affecting the elderly population and really young children but she said like there were so many deaths in kind of like the teens to 20s population yeah and that's why they were so stressed Mm -hmm. when I got it because I I was perfect for that age and I really was so sick I'm not 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 to make light of of course the deaths that happened but I was really sick like it was scary yeah so let me think. I don't know. I think I've only had the actual flu one time, and that was in college. And it was bad, but it wasn't the worst. I can't remember if I got a flu shot that year or not. Or not. I just had, like, the typical flu symptoms for a week. Like, I was nauseous, dizzy, like, body aches, chills, fever, all that, cough and cold. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't get the swine flu which was crazy because I feel like so many people did. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people did. But yeah, I think I've only like tested positive for the flu once in my life. What is how? What is your relationship with the flu shot? Have you gotten it before? Yeah. Do you feel like it works? <laughs> so I got it the year that I um, got the swine <laughs> flu. And yeah. I don't, I, and this is the, the truth. I honestly don't remember if I got it before then, but after I had this wine flu, okay. I was like, screw this flu shot. It doesn't work. So I stopped oh, no. getting it. Be- yeah. I stopped getting it. And so I know that that's probably not a great thing, but, mm-hmm. but I was so like, I associated the flu shot with the swine flu, which I know is not correct thinking, but yeah, so I stopped getting it and I haven't had the flu, but I know that that maybe isn't the smartest thing. So here I am, everyone. I'm the person that doesn't get the the flu shot, um, here to talk and Sierra always gets it. So, well, I think it's important to point out because I feel like a lot of people think like that. Like if you haven't had the flu before, or you've only had the flu once, or maybe you got the flu shot and end up getting the flu anyways, I think a lot of people just think, why would I get it? You know? And I think that's important to talk about. But, um, although I don't have like a terrible flu story, I do have some important like anecdotal flu shot evidence slash a flu shot story. So, uh, kind of, I've had the flu shot on and off ever since I was a child. My family would just kind of get them or try to get them every year. Um, obviously it didn't, like, we didn't always get it every year. It wasn't a huge thing. Um, but I do remember getting it as a child, and I don't think I ever got the legitimate test of positive for flu as a child. So, yeah, I got the flu shot pretty regularly, but not 100% every single year, 
probably until like middle school or high school. I don't really remember. But then I did not get the flu shot at all in college. And that is when I did get the flu. But I have an interesting flu shot story. So ever since I've been in medical school for the last four years, I am like legally required to get a flu shot because I work in the hospital and I don't want to get the flu. And also we can't spread flu to other people because that's like very irresponsible. So um, about two years ago, I had the flu shot and I felt fine after it or whatever. And probably three weeks after I got the flu shot. I had obviously been working in the hospital, been exposed to a lot of people that had the flu, but I started not feeling great one night. Um, and I came home and I felt like kind of feverish, kind of like body aches. And I went to sleep. Like I had a terrible night's sleep. I had the chills and I just felt kind of flu-like, but that feeling only lasted for like two days. And I never really had a cough. Like I never had an actual fever. I didn't have a runny nose or any of the respiratory symptoms, but I, in my brain, I was thinking I was probably exposed to and did catch the flu, but because I had the flu shot, it was only those two days of really mild symptoms. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I encourage everyone to get the flu shot, because even if you're not working in a hospital where you're really exposed to flu, I think that it does kind of like cut down on the time that you have the flu symptoms. Or at least that's what I thought in my brain. It was definitely a possibility that someone had given me the flu and because I had the flu shot, I didn't miss any school or anything and I never really came down with all of the really severe flu-like symptoms. Have you ever, I guess you don't really get the flu shot that regularly. I guess, like, what is your fear with getting the flu shot? You kind of already talked about it. Yeah, that, and that's it. It's that I just had a bad experience that kind of wasn't technically related mm-hmm. to the flu shot. Um, I, honestly, I think I the only reason I got it was because, like, <laughs> my parents got divorced, and so I had every other weekend with my dad, and he was like, well, we're going to go get the flu shot this weekend. And I was like, okay. So I just went with him <laughs> and got it. So, yeah, I, and then ever since then, I just haven't, like, had anyone be like, hey, we're going to go get the flu shot. So, like, no one's made me do it. Of course, though, in undergrad, when there was a hepatitis, like, outbreak, I went and got that because mm-hmm. te- they were giving it out. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's go get it. And that thing was stressful because yeah. they put it in, like, parallel in the back of your arm. Ew. It was a very, yeah, Ew. it was a great shot. Um, but I liked it because I like pain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. Okay. I was just going to say before we give our final recommendations, we want to read some information from the CDC directly. No, they're not like a witchy, scary, fear-mongering institution. It's the CDC people. We <laughs> want to just read you some yeah. misconceptions about the seasonal flu and flu vaccines and what the CDC has to say about it. So, here's my fear and slash southern fear-mongering fears that I heard a lot growing up. (laughs) Can the flu vaccine give you the flu? Can it? No! Flu vaccines can't cause the flu. Um, Flu vaccines are given with a needle and they're made in the ways that Sierra said. It's like a dead or inactive flu virus and so it cannot give you the flu. People, you can't get the flu from the flu shot. (laughs) Just know that. Trust me. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then I just wanted to say that the CDC recommends that everyone six months and older get the flu vaccine. 
So I just wanted to point that out. Um, another big misconception is people want to ask, is it better to get the flu than the flu vaccine? And the answer is no. Um, if you don't know, the flu can be a really serious disease, especially, as I said before, among young children and older adults. And also you have to think about people with chronic health conditions such as asthma, heart disease, diabetes, or anyone that's immunocompromised. Um, the flu can carry a risk of complications, hospitalization, and even death. And that, this can happen in really healthy children and adults as well. People don't have to be frail or immunocompromised. Getting a vaccine is important in two ways because number one, uh, you're preventing yourself hopefully from getting the flu and avoiding hospitalization and complications. But then you have to think about the rest of the population and you're trying to prevent spread from the flu to people that their immune system really can't handle catching the flu. So do you really need to get a flu vaccine every year? Do I? Because I haven't gotten one yet. The CDC recommends a yearly flu vaccine for everyone <laughs> six months and older. So, yes, you really do need to get it every year. And you need to get it now. Now is the time because guess what? We're in flu season. It get, just started, y'all. Get, <laughs> get in there and do it. So the reason mm -hmm. is that the person's immune protection from vaccination declines mm -hmm. over time. So the annual vaccination is needed to get optimal or best protection against the flu because we're not superheroes <laughs> okay so why do some people not feel well after getting the seasonal flu vaccine this is a really common thing that i hear people talking about so some people report having mild reactions to the flu vaccine the most common side effect from the flu shots are soreness in your arm redness tenderness or swelling some people even report a low-grade fever headaches maybe some muscle aches and if these reactions occur, they usually begin pretty soon after you get the shot and can last for one to two days. Um, the CDC article says in randomized blinded studies where some people get vaccinated flu shots and others get saltwater shots, the only differences in symptoms was increased soreness in the arm and redness at the injection site among people who got the flu shot. So maybe it's all in your head. Because there were no differences in terms of body aches, fever, cough, runny nose, or sore throat. <laughs> oh my god. So it's that yeah. thing where, like, me, for example, I eat a giant, giant plate of chili nachos. And then <laughs> five hours later, I've convinced myself that I'm having a heart attack because I'm having... Burning in my chest and on the left side, and I'm just like I'm dying. Oh ah! um, no, maybe it's heartburn. Okay, it's unrelated, but that was related, so that was a bad example. But what I'm saying is, you can convince yourself of all kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff. Your brain is the most powerful. That's so. I know. Interesting. I can't wait to scream at people who just got the <laughs> flu shot in their way of bragging about getting the flu shot. It's like, mm -hmm, yes. I'm just feeling a little under. Oh, I can't wait for my students to try to use that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously serious allergic reactions do exist, but they're extremely rare. And if they do occur, you can um, like go to the ER and there are effective treatments available. Yes. I just thought I would point that out. What about people who get seasonal flu vaccine and still get sick with the flu, which is me, as you all remember? Okay, so there are several yeah, reasons, several yeah. reasons yeah. why some people might get the flu symptoms even after they've been vaccinated. Reason number one. Uh, they can become ill from other respiratory viruses besides the flu, such as the rhinovirus, ooh, which is associated with the common cold, you know, rhinoplasty, nose jab. 
Mm-hmm. I know, I know medical things. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, common cold can cause similar symptoms to the flu, so that's why you think that you have the flu and you're mad that you spent no money to get the flu because you can pretty much get it for free almost everywhere, um, and insurances pay for it. And if you don't have insurance, which I know a lot of us don't, mm-hmm. you can still get it for free. Lots of places. Okay. Another reason is that it's possible to be exposed to flu viruses that cause the flu before you got vaccinated. So you were a little too late. It's like, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's like getting the flu virus before you get the shot. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a free shot that you just didn't take. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. Oh, okay. My A third God, reason yes. why some people may experience flu-like <laughs> symptoms, despite getting vaccinated, is that they may have been exposed exposed to the flu virus that is different from other viruses that the vaccine is designed to protect against. Ooh, this sounds familiar. It's me. It's me. That's what happened to me. Yep. Yep. So the ability of the flu vaccine to protect a person depends on the on the match and the strain that they use mm-hmm. that year. So. Don't yell at the CDC. <laughs> they didn't. They tried they their best. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that there would be a swine flu that took over the nation and the world? You know, it's not anyone's fault. And then the next year, yeah. they were vaccinating for the swine flu. So everybody, calm yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last explanation would be uh, the flu vaccine can vary in how well it works, and some people who get vaccinated might still get sick. It's just like anything you do, mm-hmm. there's always a maybe. There's always the chance that you could get pregnant mm-hmm. on birth control with a condom. <laughs> yeah. Which is a weird analogy, but it's still a truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then lastly, we just want to talk about misconceptions about the flu vaccine and its effectiveness. So this is going to be a long one. Here we so, go. So flu vaccine effectiveness can vary from year to year. We kind of already talked about that. It just depends on the virus type, the subtype, different age risk categories, what's around, that type of thing. Um, but the CDC listed here the many reasons to get a flu vaccine each year. Um, They just talk about the summary of the benefits of the flu vaccine, and they have um, supporting studies, and obviously we'll post this in the episode and on our Instagram. So their first bullet point is that the flu vaccine can obviously keep you sick from, keep you from getting sick with the flu. Okay, so just getting the flu vaccine in general prevents millions of illness illnesses and flu-related doctor's visits each year. Um, So during 2016 to 2017, flu vaccination prevented an estimated 5.3 million flu illnesses, 2.6 million flu-associated medical visits, and 85,000 flu-associated hospitalizations, which is pretty impressive. Um, And in seasons when the flu virus matched circulating strains, the flu vaccine has been shown to reduce the risk of having to go to the doctor with flu by 40 to 60%, which doesn't sound that significant, but that's cutting out over half of all people that end up getting the flu. So I think that's pretty substantial if you think about it in more of like a population health way. Okay, so the flu vaccination can reduce the risk of flu-associated hospitalization for children, working age adults, and older adults. So 
Flu vaccination prevents tens of thousands of hospitalizations each year. For example, 2016-2017, the vaccination prevented an estimated of 85,000 flu-related hospitalizations. That's awesome. A 2014 study showed that flu vaccine reduced children's risk of flu-related pediatric intensive care unit admission by 74% during the flu season from 2010 to 2012. That's a huge number. And in recent years, flu vaccines have reduced the risk of flu-associated hospitalizations among adults on average by 40%. So uh, from 2012 to 2015, flu vaccination among adults reduced the risk of being admitted to an intensive care unit with the flu by 82%. Okay, so I'm just going to group these bullet points into kind of um, vulnerable populations. So the flu vaccine can help prevent serious medical events in people with chronic conditions. Um, The CDC cites that it can lower rates of cardiac events um, in people that are prone to that. Vaccinations can help... protect women during and after pregnancy and the flu vaccine can be life-saving in children the flu vaccine has been shown in several studies to reduce the severity of illness in people who get vaccinated but still get sick aka me in 2017 the flu vaccinations reduced reduced deaths of icu people and the overall duration of hospitalization among hospitalized flu people a 2018 study showed that vaccinated patients were 59% less likely to be admitted to the ICU than those who had not been vaccinated. So, vaccinated patients also spent four fewer days in the hospital than those who were not vaccinated. So, what is the moral of this story, everyone? Please get vaccinated. It is holistic because you're helping the people around you that maybe have weaker immune systems and you're also helping yourself. So please get the flu vaccine. It's holistic because we use the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> True. Protein. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, just so you're aware, I haven't gotten the flu shot, but my university is offering it to me on Wednesday and I'm going to go mm-hmm. get it done. By the time this episode airs, I will have already gotten it. So get excited and look at Woo! the Instagram. I'm sure we'll put something up. I'll try not to scream Alanis yep. Morissette at them while I'm getting it done. <laughs> And I just got my flu shot yesterday. My arm hurts, but I feel like it gives you peace of mind when you get the flu shot, just so you know you're giving yourself that, like, added step of protection, potentially. So everyone, please get the flu shot for yourself, for your family, for the others in the world. Uh, Please get the flu shot. Honor yourself today by getting stuck right in that arm. They do it at CVS. Go to that Minute Clinic. They do it at all the little drugstores where you get uh, prescriptions. Most of them are for free. If they are trying to charge you, let me know. I'll help you out. Just let me if know. If they're not free, they also have some kind of promotional thing that I've seen. I've seen them at grocery stores and CVS where they try to give you like a coupon or some type of incentive for getting the flu shot. So even if it is like 20 or 30 bucks. I will pay for the first 10 people. Oh my God. First 10 people that contact me, I'll pay for you. I'll pay for your flu shot. I want, I think people should get it. Everyone please get the flu shot. And we will talk to you next time with another riveting episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, especially is where we're very active. Um, Email us. Let us know what you want to hear about. You saw our Mm -hmm. friend Jessica got her wish come true by us talking (laughs) about the Enneagram last week, and we love doing that. So 
let us know what you want to hear about and we will talk about it and then we'll say your name on the on the air Woo! waves yep <laughs> all right have a fabulous day don't get the flu but get the flu shot goodbye <laughs>